Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Owen with the Get Some Podcast. This week, my guest is DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins, DMC Cousins. Now, I met DeMarcus years ago, and I'm going to ask him, uh, before we get done with this interview, I'm going to ask him if he remembers where we met. Because I remember, and it was so brief and so nothing, but it always goes back to you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And he was so young, I remember when we met. And uh, to think that here we are, I'm not going to say when we met, but years later, uh, we got a comedy special that just came out on Amazon Video On Demand. And, you know, the thing about the Marcus is he kind of took what Shaq was doing with the Shaq All-Star Comedy Jams, and he'll be the first to admit it. He saw that, and it's almost like they, the, the torch was passed. Shaq did his thing for seven, eight years, and DeMarcus is trying to pick up that mantle. It reminds me of years ago in Miami, Alonzo Mourning used to have Zoe's Summer Groove, and that was, the, that was just the funnest weekend in Miami because there'd be like all the, the NBA guys there, celebs are there, and Alonzo would do a, he'd do a comedy show, and he'd do a, uh, a big concert, and then you were just treated like a rock star the whole weekend if you were any kind of talent. Think about Alonzo when he did his. Um, he always got the biggest comics, though. Like, I remember one year, it was, it was, he got Cat Williams. He got Dave Chappelle one year. He got Kevin Hart. I did it like four or five different years. He had Steve Harvey one year. Alonzo wasn't getting them when they were on their way up. He was getting them when they were already up. He got Chappelle when Chappelle really wasn't doing shows like that. I'm talking about like 11 or 12, I think he got Chappelle. Uh, when Chappelle really wasn't out on the road, Alonzo made some phone calls. Alonzo used to make it happen. Here's what he'd do with me. He'd text me and then he'd hype me up. Like, yo, gee, just, I really love to have you. And, and you know, you're one of my favorites and you know, the closed mouths don't get fed. So I'm asking, man, as a, as a brother, as a friend, as a father. He'd get real deep into his texts, and you can't say no to that. And But he always, listen, Zoe always paid well. You were always in, like, five-star hotels. You were treated like a king for the weekend. You were going to all the good restaurants and nightclubs, and it was you was able to get in. And it really, Zoe's summer groove used to tap me in socially in Miami like no other. And the reason I brought this up is, Alonzo Mourning used to do that, and then he passed the torch to Dwayne Wade. And it really, it went from Alonzo, Zoe Summer Groove, to it was like Zoe and D-Wade Summer Groove. And then Dwayne kind of took it over for a little bit, but then Dwayne got busy, and he, and he left Miami for a little bit. And then I think Alonzo's doing like the winter groove. He switched it. And it's, it's a lot smaller than it used to be. But man, when Zoe was on the, from about 2005 or four to about 2012, it didn't get much better than Zoe Summer Groove down in Miami. Because you never know who you were going to see. Especially they had a celebrity basketball game on Sunday. And it was like an all-star game. I remember 2000, the 2008 Zoe Summer Groove. He had, he had the Olympic team there. The Olympic team. With, with LeBron and Carmelo and Dwayne. And it was just, he, he had the Olympic team. And the first year I did it was 2006. And that was right when the Heat won the title. So that was the time right there, boy. And, you know, whoo. They were, they were kings of the city. Anybody that played for the Heat that year. But, you know, now DeMarcus, he's kind of what Dwayne did with Alonzo. Now he's kind of doing that with, with Shaq. He's doing his own comedy special. And, 
And he did it right, man, because, you know, I saw it, it came out great. Now, I'll put a disclaimer out there. My set on DeMarcus' special is a lot shorter than what I actually perform live. I think live I did like 20 to 30 minutes, but we had to cut a lot out because I got a heckler and I went pretty raw on the heckler. It was so raw and rugged. When we, when we were editing, they would show me the edit and then my team, my agent and my manager was like, uh, we're gonna take that out. Cause they just didn't want, we're in, a, we're in a cancel culture, we're in an age where you say anything, people can take it the wrong way. And people always ask me as a standup, they always say, you know, do you feel like you can't say everything you want? And I go, no, not live. Live, you can do whatever you want. Comedy clubs, theaters, as long as nobody's like secretly videotaping it and bootlegging stuff. And that's how comics have gotten in trouble in the past. Like when Hannibal Burris talked about Bill Cosby, somebody was had their phone out and posted a snippet of his act. When Tracy Morgan got in trouble talking about the, the gay stuff, somebody had their phone out and was videotaping his act. So if you look at all the comics, not all, but most that have gotten in trouble, it's from people secretly recording their sets and the thing about stand-ups, we're having these temporary thoughts in our head and we're trying them out on stage. If somebody just takes that little bit of you working a joke out on stage and then puts it on YouTube, then it becomes a permanent part of you. And like, no, no, I was working something out there. And I think people go to comedy shows to, they want to hear about the uncomfortable stuff and they want to laugh about it. But in this instance, a chunk of my set was taken out because... Uh, my manager and was like, let's just not take any chances. You got too much stuff going on in your career. You don't want somebody to say he was saying this when you were really talking about one person in the audience that was a heckler that was disrupting the show. I just had to go ham on him. And, and like I, I'll tell DeMarcus, I think part of it too is you got Steph Curry right in the front row of this comedy show and he's dying. And he's a corporate dude. You don't want him saying, why is he laughing at that joke? Oh, okay, we see how Steph Curry is. That's how people twist shit. So we just took it out. And I ain't gonna tell you what I said. I don't even remember. So don't be like, he talked, he said this, this, and this. Unless you was in the audience that night, I really don't remember what I said. Because when you're dealing with a heckler, you just kind of go off and you see what happens. Yeah, so I'm glad DeMarcus on the show. And like I said, this, uh, this special is called Boogie's Comedy Slam. It's on Amazon Video On Demand. It's only $3.99. What else you doing? Just go ahead and download it, watch it. It's funny. Mike Epps is the host. We got Red Grant, Carlos Miller, Myself, Tony Roberts, it's a strong lineup. It's all monsters, monsters on this show. And everybody brought it. And it was taped in Oakland. You know, Oakland is that vibe. There's something about the Bay Area. There's a vibe about it. And you can't explain it until you come up here. It's definitely a, a, a vibe about the Bay Area. Outside of stand-up, uh, I mean, outside of the special, I'm back on the road um, here and there. Like I was in Dallas last week. Everything went smooth. Uh, I had the mask on. I just, I went to the hotel, went to the comic club, went back to the hotel. Went to the hotel, comic club, went back to the hotel. So my biggest thing is flying. Like, some people are like, how could you be working again? And Jesus, I, I'm to the point where I think everyone's gonna eventually probably get some form of this. And we just gotta take care of our bodies to build up our immune systems and then to fight it off. I'm, I'm taking everything I can like I have it, this corona. I'm taking taking vitamin D, I'm taking zinc, I'm taking turmeric, 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 I don't know what it is. Drink a lot of water, putting electrolytes in my water. Uh, I got, my guy from Herbalife sent me some 
immune booster powder to put in my drink. I'm mixing apple cider vinegar and stuff. I, believe me, I'm, I've never taken such good care of my body. Inside my body, like just with vitamins and minerals and water and stuff as I have during this stuff. So, you know, I, don't, I didn't do stand-up for so long and then I got a taste of it and then, you know, everything got put on lockdown, but some places are still open. So I was asking my manager and my wife about it. I said, are you guys cool with me going back on the road? My wife said, well, I know that makes you happy. And then my manager was like, I just think we're all, we're all going to eventually somehow get it because there's people that have been really careful wearing masks and gloves and not, not going out that much, and they still got it. And then I know people that have just not really taken it serious, and they didn't get it. You can take the proper precautions, but you can just as easily get it at home as you can somewhere else. So I don't know. I just, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm just trying to take extra good care of myself during this. This weekend, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm actually going to stay at my road manager's house, Brad. So I'm not going to be in a hotel. So Brad lives by himself. It's just going to be me and him. It's going to be two dudes in the house <laughs> all weekend. Listen, I want to get into my, my one-verse rap this week. And listen, in honor of having Boogie Cousins on this week's show, I'm going to break down Yes Indeed by Drake and Lil Baby because they give DeMarcus a shout-out because everybody knows Drake is a huge Kentucky fan. Almost as big a Kentucky fan as I am Bengals fan. But I, w- I ain't going that far. He don't like Kentucky like I like the Bengals. No way. So I'm going to read the lyrics first. The dast, a digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie. My cousins are crazy. My cousins like boogie. Life is amazing. It is what it should be. Been here for 10, but I feel like a rookie. I tell her, look up, because it's snowing and tootsies. Booked for three years. Man, you can't even book me. It's me and little baby, this shit going crazy. Wheezy produced it, and Wheezy F made me. And she held it down, so she got a Mercedes. Young Money Records, the Army, the Navy. They ran me 10,000, I threw it like Brady. The foreign is like Yellow Tracy and Katie. I trusted my N-word, they never betrayed me. Met all these N-word, they sweeter than Sadie. When I started out, I just took what they gave me. Did all the favors, they never repaid me. Wow, he was really unpacking a lot. (laughs) Okay, let's break this down by a white guy over 40. The dash, a digi, the schedule is busy. My head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie. So that means, that means he's got a hoodie on. Boom. Uh, and his, um, when you say my shorty a goodie, that means my girlfriend's pretty. So he's got a pretty girlfriend. The dash a digi, the schedule is busy. That means he's really busy. That's kind of self-explanatory. The dash a digi, I think that's somebody's phone number. Hashtag? The dash a digi. Dash a digi. So it's a line, a dash, and then digits. The dash a digi, schedule is busy. So maybe he's talking about a schedule. His schedule's really busy, and he, you got to call him to book him. I think I'm wrong on that one, but we'll see. Let's move on. Uh, I'm sure when you see this, you'll correct me. My cousins are crazy. My cousin's like Boogie. That means he's got wild cousins, wild relatives, and DeMarcus has been known to be wild in the past. He doesn't, he's a shit talker on the court. 
he doesn't hold his tongue. My cousins are crazy, my cousins like Boogie. So he's like, my cousins, they like DeMarcus, but they ain't in the NBA, so they ain't all like DeMarcus. So life is amazing. It is what it should be. Been here for 10, but I feel like a rookie. So he's saying life is good. I'm doing good in rapping, I'm making money, I got a cool girlfriend, my schedule's really busy. I, I've been doing this 10 years, but it feels like I just started. So I mean, he's like, I feel like a 10-year vet, but uh, feels like a rookie, but I'm a 10-year vet. So he's really saying, hey, life's going great right now. I feel like I just started, but I didn't. I've been rapping for 10 years. I tell her, look up, because it's snowing in Tootsie's. That means Tootsie's is a strip club. Snowing, I think when you throw the money up, it rains, but when you throw a lot of money, it looks like snow, because snowflakes are coming down. Or it could be cocaine, I don't know. But I think, I think it's money. I think it's a lot of money. Booked for three years. Man, you can't even book me. And it's me and little Baby. This shit going crazy. I'm booked like three years out. So you can't book me. My schedule is busy. So don't even ask. You can't even book me. Stop calling. I can't do any more shows. I'm really, really busy. So it's me and little Baby. This shit going crazy. The other rapper's name is little Baby. And they're having a good time rapping. Weezy produced it. And Wheezy F made me. That means Lil Wayne, who's Wheezy, he produced this song and Lil Wayne helped discover Drake. And she held it down, so she got a Mercedes. That means the girl was cool, so she got a car. Young Money Records, the Army, the Navy. They ran me 10,000, I threw it like Brady. I think I got $10,000 and I just threw it up. There might've been a Tootsie's. He might still be doing a throwback in the middle of the verse. Cause I could see them getting 10,000. I just threw that shit up like Tom Brady, like boom. I don't give a fuck about $10,000. Throw it up in the air. The foreign is yellow like Tracy and Katie. I trusted my N-word. They never betrayed me. So the foreign is yellow like Tracy and Katie. Tracy Ellis Ross? Tracy, Kevin Durant. Tracy and Katie. Kevin Durant's not light-skinned. The foreign, I'm thinking that's a car. The foreign is yellow like Tracy. Foreign car. I trusted, I means I trusted my friends. I trusted my N-word, they never betrayed me. So I trusted my, my friends, I like them. They don't, they got my back. They're not trying to tell on me. Met all these N-words, they sweeter than Sadie. So I think that's Sade, Sadie, Sade sweet. So I met all these guys are sweeter than Sadie. Uh, when I started out, I just took what they gave me, did all the favors, they never repaid me. Basically he's saying, he met all these dudes and they try to act hard, but they really ain't. They sweet, they weak, they, you know, they're not, they're just not hard. Nothing, when you say sweet, that means you ain't, you ain't gangsta. When I started out, I just took what they gave me. I just took whatever, I just wanted to rap. I didn't care about money and contracts and, and rights and ownership of the music. I didn't care about that. So I did a lot of favors and they never repaid me. He's like, dude, I, I went on all these people's albums. I pumped their shit. I didn't get paid for it, but ain't nobody trying to do that for me. You ain't trying to help me out, so it is what it is. Drake was getting some shit off his chest on this verse. He's like, look, I'm busy. Um, my girl's with me, she's fine. Um, I got some crazy friends. Uh, I did a lot for people. Um, I, I appreciate Lil Wayne for putting me on, but you know, there's a lot of you out there that I did a lot for, and you guys ain't doing shit for me now. So it is what it is, and I got, I got a yellow car. I got a yellow car, and I hope you like it. And when I get $10,000, I just throw it in the air. I don't even care. I just throw it. Doesn't matter where it's at, I just throw it. Yeah, Drake was getting some stuff out of his chest on this one. So that's why he probably called it Yes Indeed. That makes sense now. Yeah. 
Indeed, I am getting some shit off my chest. All right. I, I think I was completely off on that song, but I could be right. Some parts were right, but clearly, right off the bat, I didn't know what the first verse meant. The dash, a digi, the schedule is busy. I don't know what the dash and digi means. Is that a phone number or a dash? I don't know. Figure it out later. All right. The only reason I did that song is because DeMarcus Cousins is my guest this week. He's in that song, so that's why I did it. He's from Kentucky, and Drake's a Kentucky fan. All right, so this week's guest on the Get Some Podcast is my boy, DeMarcus Cousins. He was voted one of the top 500 junior high basketball players ever to come out of Alabama. Uh, <laughs> he, was ama- he was an amazing athlete. You, you missed him in football. Wasn't good enough to make it in baseball, so we chose basketball. Sure. Who knew a black guy over 6'8"? could play basketball. This is crazy. Crazy times we're living in. Uh, now, my guest this week is DeMarcus Cousins on the Get Some Podcast. What's up? I don't know. Do I call you Boogie? DeMarcus? Man, DMC? I'm a man of many names, so whatever you're comfortable with, bro. This is why we're here this week. Uh, your Boogie's Comedy Slam came out mm-hmm. on Amazon, uh, on demand, $3.99. They eat the best $3.99 you'll, you'll spend this week. I was a part of it. Um, now, how did you... First of all, how'd you come up with the concept? Why did you want to do it? I grew up a, a big fan of, you know, stand-up comedy. Um, I remember my mom, me as a kid, and my mom, you know, up watching Comic View, and I would be right along with her, you know, laughing just as much as her. So that's kind of where my love for it started. I ended up uh, watching a Shaq comedy special once, and he had a, a couple of those. And uh, I fell in love with the, the whole concept of it. You know, I saw it at, at a younger age, and now I'm in a position where, you know, I'm trying to venture off into different avenues. And uh, this being one of my passions, comedy, uh, I wanted to, you know, put my own my own type of uh, special together. And uh, that's, that's basically how it came about. You didn't go with, like, level entry comics. You had all heavy hitters, because I'm telling you, when I saw who was on it, it's one thing to get, like, big-name comics. Everybody gets that. But within the comedy world, mm-hmm. we know who the strong comedians are where we're like, damn, I don't want to follow him. Or I got to have my A game if I'm following him. Right. So when I saw the lineup, I went, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a really strong lineup. <laughs> That's just how comedians think. A lot of us won't admit it, uh, but literally we look at lineups going, oh, shit. Oh, shit, that guy's good, too. Because yeah. <laughs> you had Epps hosted... And Red Grant, Carlos Miller, myself, Tony Roberts. Did you handpick these people, or how did you come around? How'd you come about coming up um, with this lineup? I had I had put every comedian. I started off doing just shows in different cities, and eventually I, I went, you know, and tried to make one on this type of level. So with that being said, um, I started off with you know a couple of local ones, and I would handpick comedians. You know, it, it, it kind of worked out for me, so I thought I was on to something. So uh, every show I do, I make sure I'm the one to pick each comedian. And, uh, you know, each show has been a success so far. So hopefully it keeps rolling. Now, I, I remember this night in particular. It's funny how comedians, we, we the good shows we don't really remember, but the shows that kind of go left on us a little bit, uh-huh. we don't forget. This is what I remember about the night. I remember it's at the Paramount in Oakland. Uh-huh. Um, it's a lot of a lot of the ball players are there. Obviously, if you're in Oakland, you got a lot of Raider fans. You got a lot of 49er fans. Yeah. So I'm on the. Uh, yeah, I know where I'm going yeah. with this. I, I'm on the side of the stage, and normally I don't watch 
I don't watch comedians before I go up. I don't like watching stand-up. I like just being my zone. But when you're doing a, a, a TV taping, you got to watch the other comics because you don't want to touch on any subjects that they're touching on. Mm. So with me going later in the lineup, like, I remember Carlos Miller did a joke about hella. Like, Oakland be talking about hella. That's hella funny. You hella good. Uh -huh. You hella ugly. And I, I had a hella joke. I was like, okay, that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that one. Right. <laughs> and then Red Grant was talking about... Um, uh, getting hyphy and I'll do it. I was like, uh, okay, I was going to do some Bay Area right. rapper stuff. That's gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I went up and I said, there's a huge difference between Raider fans and Niner fans. And it was about, I know we edited it down for the special. It was probably about two, three minutes of just the crowd was arguing yep. with each other. Yes. Raiders, Niners. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember thinking, is this shit gonna end? Matt, it's crazy. <laughs> like that culture when it comes to those two teams and that, you know, in that region is everywhere you go, bro. It's it's either Raiders or Niners. Like they don't want to know your name. They don't want to know how your day is. It's are you Raiders or Niners? And then we can finish whatever the rest <laughs> we were talking about. So well, I learned the hard way <laughs> on camera. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally had a joke about the difference between Raider fans and Niner fans. I think all I got out was Raiders and Niners, and then the crowd was just like, Raiders, yes, Niners. Yes, yes, The new comic in me would have freaked out. Like, if this would have been my first five years in the game, uh, I would have freaked out. But be, doing it as long as I have, I literally was just sitting there just waiting it out. Like, oh, yeah. let me know you when you guys are ready. Great. Yeah, you handled it great. So. <laughs> and then there was a couple in the balcony that just wouldn't be quiet. So I had to handle them which we had to edit out of the special because I went a little too raw yeah. with them, believe it or not. <laughs> and, and we had Steph Curry in the audience. And, you know, you can't have Steph Curry laughing at an off-color joke like that. <laughs> so, I, so when everyone watches this special, just blame Steph Curry why there was about a five-minute chunk of my act not in there. Because yeah. he was dying but we couldn't put it in because it was just too raw, and especially in today's climate. Yeah. We put it in there. Got, I mean, that's the great thing about humor, though. Like, you can touch on certain subjects and we can laugh. At the end of the day, it will be a laugh. Over time, it will be laughed. So that's the great thing about comedy. For me to be honest, it came at an uh, uh, interesting time because I was getting ready to film my, my Showtime special, mm. and then you guys called and was like, you want to um, do the boogie? comedy special, I was like, well, see if I got enough material first. I didn't want to do the same material on my special that I did on your special. Mm -hmm. And it was funny that this came about because I just had Kevin Hart on a couple weeks ago on my podcast, and he said the first time he did the Shaq All-Star Comedy Jam, same thing happened. He said, I was getting ready to do my Comedy Central special, uh -huh. and they call, and he's like, all right, do I got 15 minutes to, to give up, basically? And it's what I always tell comics, when something like this comes along and you got someone like yourself or like Shaq used to do or anything, any, ch any chance you get to be on TV, just take it. Because Kev said the Shaq thing blew him up and he had no idea. He said it, he didn't know it was going to be like that. He just thought, oh, that's a cool special, I'll do it. Right. That's why you never know when these things come around. That's dope story. Uh, hopefully it happens the same way with mine, man. <laughs> Now, where, where are you at now? Where are you riding this uh, COVID thing out? Um, I'm, I'm back home in Mobile, Alabama right now. Uh, me and my wife just recently had a new um, piece of the family. So with COVID and everything, it kind of prevented us from, you know, letting the rest of our uh, family meet them. 
So, uh, you know, we forced our way down here. So we, we've been here the past month so far. So y your wife had the baby during this uh, lockdown? Uh, before, but um, we, uh, our kid was born in Vegas and Vegas has like some, some weird guidelines when it comes to, you know, usually your newborn gets the shots right away. With mm -hmm. in Vegas for some reason it's like a two month wait. Then you come back around. It's it's just weird. So uh, it was a lot of things kind of preventing us from you know that that family time. But we made it happen. Now is when when you're done playing basketball. It's also is that where you're gonna uh, set up shop? You're gonna live in Alabama? No 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 no. I'm, That's gonna be home base. I'm a Nevadian. Nevadian. Nev however <laughs> you want to say it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Mobile's where you grew up, right? Yeah. Mobile's my home. It's, it's my heart, but I'm a West Coast guy the rest of my life. Now, did that come about since you got drafted by Sacramento? Is that where your heart changed to go to the West Coast? Absolutely. Uh, that was my first time ever visiting the West Coast. So uh, changed my life. Um, I knew right then and there that's where I wanted to be the rest of my life. See, that's just crazy, man. When you, How old were you when you got drafted? I was 19. Nice. You couldn't even really go out Nah. when you got to Sacramento. I, crazy thing is, I just learned how to drive. I never had a car, never had a license until I went out to Sacramento. Me growing up, I never had a car to drive, so I never, it was never a priority for me. So I, I definitely, that's, I grew up in Sacramento for sure. That's interesting because you, you, you grow up in Alabama, Mobile. You know, it's, it's a city, but it's a small city. Absolutely. And then you go to Lexington, which is similar. You take out the University of Kentucky and, and there's nothing in Lexington. Smaller than Mobile. That's the whole city. <laughs> right. Right. And then you go to Sacramento, which is one of the smaller NBA cities. Mm -hmm. I was just like, DeMarcus just likes going to small towns. I mean, I started off small and now every city I hit is the biggest cities in the market. So it's... Yeah, that's just going, it's going huge. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah. we'll see what's next. <laughs> Why'd you choose Kentucky? I'm sure you had your pick of where you wanted to go. Um, well, I was committed to Memphis. I was originally going to Memphis. Well, I was originally going to UAB. I decommitted from... Really? Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. I committed to UAB. What, what, when did you commit to them? Eighth grade year? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I committed to UAB my... Uh, I want to say my... It was my junior year of high school. By the end of my junior year, I decommitted. And uh, my senior year... I ended up committing to Memphis. But Calipari la left Memphis, went to Kentucky, and uh, I just followed. Because I tell you, growing up in Alabama, are you football? Are you a Crimson Tide fan? Roll Tide, baby. You basically went to the college version of Alabama football as Kentucky basketball. I say that all the time. It's, it's Alabama football and Kentucky basketball. They, they dominate those two categories in college sports. I know Alabama football fans, and I know Kentucky basketball fans. And it literally is supposed to be family, faith, yeah, it, it, and then it goes sports. To another level, man. Nah, nah. I, I said uh, when when I was in Birmingham when I was doing the show there, I said if you would tell an Alabama fan, listen, uh, Alabama's going to win the next twenty national titles, uh, but when you die, you're going to hell, or you're going to go to heaven. And Alabama's never getting another, another national title. What do you want to do? Alabama fans would be like, ah, oh, that's a tough one. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, who they playing though? No, it's diehard fans out here, man. Kentucky travels like no other either. Is it like that when you were playing there, even on the, the road games, they'd be deep? Man, yeah, but we were kind of the start of it. Well, it wasn't kind of, we were the start of it. We were started that way back in Kentucky, and 
I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Any city we touched, no less than 15,000 Kentucky fans. At, like, any city we touched. I don't know how they did it. I don't know, like, I don't know how they made it possible, but they were there no matter where we were. And that's the thing about that state, too, because even Louisville, uh, even though they won some national titles and stuff, it's still, when you go to Kentucky, it's you Kentucky. think of UK. Yeah. You know, I grew up in Cincinnati, which is right on the border Oh, I know of about Cincinnati. Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you sound like you had a good time in Cincinnati a couple. I, I, I wouldn't say all <laughs> that, but I know uh, about Cincinnati. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of perked up, DeMarcus. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know about Cincinnati. <laughs> At least I grew up a little bit there, too, not just Sacramento. Man, nah, I'm going to miss out on that one, man. <laughs> like I said, I know about <laughs> Cincy. <laughs> How many guys were drafted in your draft class in 2010 out of Kentucky? It was five of us. In the first round? First round, five of us. It's first school to ever do it. Four of them are still in the league, right? Yes. Myself, John Wall, Eric Blesso, and Patrick Patterson, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you guys were the start of that whole, uh, not one and done, but one or two years. I wouldn't and say then, we were the start, but we we were the start for Kentucky, and we took it to another level. You know, it was guys like Blake Griffin, Michael Beasley, Katie. It, it was some guys that did it. So now, when you you're 19 and you don't have any idea where you're going, uh -huh. was before you got drafted, uh, was there was your agent or anybody telling you where you thought you was gonna go, or was it always Sacramento? Well, at the time, my, at the time, agent, he actually wanted me to go to the Pistons, which were two spots. They were, they had the seventh pick. I was the fifth pick. They had the seventh pick. So they, they wanted me to go to the Pistons, which is crazy. I mean, lo thinking long term or whatever the case may be, I guess it can make sense. But as to why he would want me to drop in the draft, I don't know. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean... It didn't work out that way, so it was between Philly, the New Jersey Nets at the time, and Sacramento. That's crazy. To be 19 and have no control where you're going to go. None. <laughs> None. Yeah. And then you get, you get drafted, and then what's funny to me is, like, whenever I watch the draft on TV, like, they'll get through the first seven, eight picks, and then it's, like, two, three hours later, they're finishing up the end of the first round, uh -huh. and... Then they'll show you guys that were in the first five. You're already in the city. You're already in Sacramento. Like, you, you put your hat on, and you think you guys are all hanging out, and then they'll show, like, the, the first couple picks are already doing a press conference in the city they got drafted in. I don't know. Is it like that? It's like, put the hat on and roll in a plane? Honestly, so as a kid, you're thinking of your draft day, and, you know, you, you just think about how it may go or, you know, what you expect. It's, it's the complete opposite of anything you ever, like, once you put that hat on and they call your name, from that point on, it turns into a business, like right away. It's like a snap of a finger. <laughs> and it's like no looking back. By the end of the day, you're exhausted. Like, it was no time to really celebrate. And the next morning, you're flying out to your, your city. So, like I said, the business starts right away. Now, I remember when you, um when you got traded from Sacramento to New Orleans, you didn't want to leave Sac, it sounded like. Nah. Like, you really ingrained yourself in that community. Uh -huh. um, like I said earlier, I, I, I grew up there, basically. Uh, started there as a 19-year-old kid. Uh, spent six and a half, seven years in the city. That's all I knew. Uh, so I was comfortable there. I had 
friends and people I considered family there. Um, so that was home for me. And if it was up to me, I would have never left. But uh, like I said, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Who's the little white guy that's always with you? <laughs> Andrew Rogers, man. What's his name? <laughs> Andrew, man, <Andrew. Yeah. laughs> And you met him at Kentucky, right? met him at Kentucky, yep. So how'd you guys meet? Because every time I'd see you, he's right there. And I remember him telling me, yeah, I thought he was like, an agent or something. He goes, nah, I'm, I'm DeMarcus's guy, man. We met at Kentucky. Yeah. I was like, what? He was one of the team, like, equipment guys for Kentucky, which is, like, a huge gig for any kid coming up in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's basically, like, you know, one of the managers for the team. And um, couldn't even tell you how, how we became cool. We just became cool. Like, I honestly don't know how. And, um, so, like, that's been my brother since, like, it's till the wheels fall off with him. Did he uh, Did he come out with you when you got drafted, or you waited a couple nah, years? we came out together. We've been riding. Whoa. We, yeah. <laughs> we came in rookies, and we're going to leave out vets. Now, is he, uh, is he older than you, or was he, like, he is older than a me. sophomore or junior? Uh, he was a sophomore-ish. I don't know. He sucked in school at the time, so yeah. he might have been <laughs> freshman together. <laughs> I like hearing stories like that, like, you know, uh, you know, LeBron's got his crew that he's come up with. Mm. And uh, and when you see you and you got your guy and a, even in, even with comedians, we got the guys, our road managers have been with us for years mm. that they come up with. It's always interesting to see how people just connect. It's always a different story. And it's always so random. It, it, that's like you telling me <laughs> the, the manager, the equipment guy, Kentucky. Is basically your right-hand man now. Absolutely. Like, that's your right hand. I trust him with my life, man. That's what a lot of people don't realize in, the, in this business, man. You always got those guys that, that aren't out for anything but to see their guy flourish. Absolutely. And, it, and, it's, hard, yeah. and it's hard to come by. And, but when you do, you got to cherish and, and hold on to those type of people. Yeah. Now, is he, is he in uh, – he's not mobile with you, is he? Nah, he <laughs> – <laughs> he, he's too big time to come down here, man. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I remember, I think he's the one. Somebody called me when you um, when you tore your Achilles and you was uh, you was rehabbing in L.A. Uh -huh. And somebody just said, "Hey, man, just I, they saw me on Instagram or something. They stop out of house. Demarcus can't do anything. <laughs> right. So, you were just laid up in the cast <laughs> with nothing to do. One of the worst times of my life. <laughs> I laid up in that cast for two months, man." <laughs> Too much. Just, just laying around it, all day. It sucked. <laughs> all I remember was I walked in the house you were renting, uh, and I just saw all those books on the bookcases, yeah. and I went, "Oh, this is he's renting this house. <laughs> this doesn't." This. <laughs> oh. No offense. <laughs> the, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, the few times I met you, I didn't see you as a deep reader. <laughs> the books were rented too, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I was oh. like this. What are all these books? <laughs> but boring books. It wasn't like the history of hip-hop. <laughs> it was like Mark Twain. Nah, I actually did. Nah, I'm bullshitting. Nah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the books came with the house for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I think I even said to your guy, go, he's written this? This ain't his house. He written this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody told me you got an eight-year-old son that's like 7'1 already. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> How old's your son? He's eight. He's eight. Just here. That was eight. Uh-huh. And he's tall, right? He's pushing five two now. So that's pretty damn tall. At eight? At eight. That's tall. I think that's taller than Kevin. 
Kevin's, I think Kevin's 5'3". So, so your son's if, eight. If that's the truth, bro, I cannot wait until I run into him with my son. Yeah, I think Kevin's 5'3", maybe 5'4", but that's the same height, eight years old. Like I saw Kevin, like, stand next to somebody and, like, look normal. But the Was your son? No, it was Rich Paul. Oh, Rich Paul, yeah, he's tiny, too. Exactly. Rich Paul's but tiny, too. I'm just like, this is the first time I've ever seen you look normal. Well, if he's hanging out with you guys, I mean, I, I'm... I'm like 6'3", and I look short. Right. When I'm standing next to you guys. What was the first time, like, uh, an entertainer was comedian, uh, singer, actor, just came up to you out the blue, and you was like, oh, snap. Because I think athletes, uh, you know, they, they like you doing the comedy show, dabbling in entertainment, uh -huh. and then entertainers, we secretly want to be athletes. That's no secret. Right. What's the first time, like, uh, an entertainer just came up to you, and you was like, oh, shit, you recognize me? <laughs> you know oh, my name? Oh, man. You know what? It wasn't the first time, but it's a time that stood out for me. And it was Anthony Anderson at the uh, All-Star Game. I want to say it was, that had to be 2016. Yeah, I want to say 2000, it was in uh, Toronto. Oh, he just ran up to you? No, nah, it was Kobe's last game. It was his last season oh, wow. and his last uh, All-Star Game. So um, I'm on the court at the same time. You know, I get a rebound, I start dribbling it up. So I hear somebody scream from the sideline, like, DeMarcus, pass Kobe the fucking ball. <laughs> and I look over and it's, <laughs> and, it's, and it's Anthony Anderson, and I'm, so I'm like, I'm like kind of stuck in the play. I'm like, damn, I didn't even know he like knew me like that, one. <laughs> then two, I'm like, who the hell is he talking to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me like that right. so I'm just like yo shut the fuck up and I just keep going and I'm like damn I, I don't really know if I wanted that to go that way like this I'm gonna make you black and bluish yeah for real <laughs> but uh, that was just a, that was a moment for me and I was just like damn cause I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Anthony Anderson and his work mm -hmm. but um yeah I didn't really expect my first time meeting him to go 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 that way now, do you do you guys hear the do you hear the hecklers when you're in the middle of a game? I mean, yes, for the most part. Sometimes, it, I, I mean, it, if you're in the middle of play, not really. But if the if it's like a dead ball, you can definitely hear what's going on around you. I'll be wondering sometimes. I'm like, they gotta hear this. I mean, shit. but he I, I, with with Anthony, he's sitting on the floor, so I definitely heard him, <laughs> and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. So yeah, and his voice is distinctive, right? <laughs> You, you can't mistake that one. Yeah. Now, well, um, speaking of that, with you were in New Orleans when Tony Roberts uh, uh, just suited up and starts shooting pregame shots, right? Man, this dude is nuts, man. <laughs> I was like, well, the funniest part about that, so those people don't know, DeMarcus is playing for the Pelicans. Was this like two years ago? Maybe three. It might Was have been two, three years. Maybe now. three. Yeah. Three years ago. And Tony Roberts, who's on the comedy special, um, you know, I think you were having one of your comedy shows because you've been doing this for a couple of years now. You just, this is the first one you filmed. You're right. You were doing a comedy show in New Orleans. And Tony Roberts has the New Orleans Pelican sweatsuit on, the warm up sweats. And he just gets on the court and starts shooting in the layup line and stuff. The, the crazy thing is, he called my, like, I threw him the basketball. I thought he was just, you know, going to take him a little shot and go sit down. Like, this dude really started warming up. <laughs> I'm like, man. <laughs> and once he started doing it, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm hoping 
like arena security doesn't come jam this dude up. <laughs> but nah, they kind of uh, they laughed about it too, and you know they just kind of got him off the court. But I was hoping they didn't end up tackling this dude <laughs> in the middle of the floor. I saw, <laughs> yo, when I was watching it, I saw that one security guard come at him. He wasn't having it. No. Tony was trying to explain, nah, no, DeMarcus, I'm cool. I don't care. Nah, I don't care. Nah, that's like, not allowed just kept at coming. all, bro. He, like, that could have really went bad, but luckily it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's funny, man. Hilarious. That's one of the most underrated guys out there. I, I totally For agree. Real. I totally agree. And you got you must have got hit to him because he lives in Sacramento, so you must have got hit to him oh, he's when one, he was playing with the he's Kings. He's in my top five. Like, he's one of my all-time favorites. Like... <laughs> Yeah, Tony's a beast. Yeah, for sure. He's a beast. Beast. And he, I don't know, how, I think his wife's from Sacramento. She is, Because yeah. he, just, he just lives in Sac. <laughs> like, it, uh, of a, all cities. It's a diamond in the rough, I, I promise. Like, Sac is, is a hell Sac of a city, man, I, I promise you. Before I really spent a lot of time there, I would just go off, remember when the Lakers were playing the Kings uh -huh. and Phil Jackson had the Cowbells? Yep. And they made it sound like Sac was just this country-ass city. But... Every time I go there, I always have a good time there. And they got they got good restaurants. The vibe's good. Yes. You know, I just did a I just went there with Deion Taylor and Matt Barnes. We did one uh -huh. of the the Black Black Lives Matter marches there. Okay. Yeah. Like fifty thousand people. Man, Sac is. It's like it's a beautiful city, Lord. man. I, I I kid you not. Did you play? You play at the old arena, right? And the new one. Old and new, yep. The old one. I didn't think it was that bad. No, <laughs> no, no. To no, build no, a new no. one. <laughs> That arena was, it was literally falling apart. Uh, I oh, was it? I remember a game. <laughs> okay. It was actually Future, the rapper Future came to one of our games. He was sitting course, uh, you know, our owners were kind of going crazy, excited that he was at the game. And this might have been in like 2013, maybe 14. So uh, he's sitting course, uh, you know, that, you know, they announced him at the game, all that. And, uh, a piece of a material like fell off the ceiling of the arena onto the like on the court. <laughs> and on the film, they have like pictures of like future pointing up at the ceiling, like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, I take it back. I take right, it back. It was it was that arena sucked. It was overdue, bro. <laughs> the the new arena was overdue, but it was a lot of good memories in that building. I said that like uh, I've been there a bunch. I think I've been there twice. Ah, yeah. So, <laughs> like, it was overdue. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. So, uh, as you can see, I'm wearing your uh, your Zero Doubt hoodie mm -hmm. uh, and stuff. I tell you, I get off, I'm, and I'm not saying this just because you're on the, the show. You know, like entertainers, athletes, we get offered a lot of, of, of free clothes uh -huh. and people want to wear their clothing line and everything else. I swear to God, yours, I'd be calling your people like, yo, can I get some more shorts? Because I'd be wearing them out. I don't know who your seamstress is or how you make them, but that shit's comfortable. Uh, every every piece <laughs> is handmade. I got the hoodies, the shorts, the shirts, hats, I, and I, I wear them to death. Is it available in stores or online? Uh, uh. As of right now, no. We've kind of slowed down on the, um, on the clothing aspect. Not saying we're done, but uh, it's just something we slowed down on as of right now. Oh, I wish you pick it back up. Oh, it's, it's definitely coming back. I, we just slowed down on it right now, <laughs> trying to figure some, some like things them. out behind the scenes. 
Oh, I always enjoy getting those care packages <laughs> with your name on it. You know it's love, bro. Like, every, yeah. every time you come around, it's going to be a care package. You know that. I was like, oh, got some new shit. <laughs> Don't board it out. When I called your, I called one of your guys, I think Jay, and I was like, yo, I, I need some more of those uh, cut-off gray sweatshorts. Uh-huh. Those are my travel shorts. Yeah, everything. <laughs> I wore them to death. Yeah, everything. So let me ask you, since you had, since I was the one white guy on the comedy special, mm-hmm. who's the best white guy in the league right now? Luca, Luca, Luca Doncic. And Luca's, oh, man, he's young too. Man, he, dude's a problem. Now, do you guys know when the draft's happening? When these guys from Europe are getting picked? Because it used to be I watched the draft, I knew everybody. Uh, now I watch the draft, I know half the guys. But are you guys looking at it too? Like, who's this dude from France or I, Germany I, I, I or Croatia? I watch the top 10. I, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, stick around through the whole thing. But, um, you know, I, I have a few favors I'll watch out of college. I'm not really hip on the overseas guys, but, um, you know, you kind of look for them in the draft and, you know, do your little Google research. And you really don't re- start paying attention to the young guys until the season starts because that's when you'll really know who's, you know, who's a, a baller and who's not. Mm-hmm. Who is one guy in the league that doesn't get enough, like, shine, but uh, amongst the players, they're like, dude, Monster. Just flat out underrated. Yeah, um, flat out. Like, you're just like, or you hate the guard. Just hate playing against them. Man, that's a good question. Because you know what you could call them? You could really call the Tony Roberts of comedy or, or basketball. Yeah, I mean, Tony Roberts of basketball. A, a guy that I, I had a lot of praise for that wasn't really getting his credit in the beginning was uh, Damian Lillard. But, you know, obviously that's oh. coming along a lot now. And I still don't think he really gets the credit he deserves. I, he's one of my favorite PGs in the league. He's in Portland, and there's just, if you're not up at that area. Man, you could put that dude on any team, and it's going to have a chance. Well, I think that's why he doesn't get the shine. There's no excuse for that, man. That type of talent, is, is no excuse yeah. for it. But um, and he's outside of him. He's a Bay Area guy. Yeah, he is a Bay Area guy. I would probably, I was, I would probably still have to go with Damian Lillard. Yeah. Super underrated. For sure. He's a monster. Yeah, he is. God. And, he, and the thing about Damien, man, he wants, like, he wants to win in Portland. Like, he's you like, gotta, nah, I want to bring it here. You got to respect <laughs> it. He's loyal to the soil. Yeah. You got to respect it. And well, he went to, like, some small school, too, didn't uh, he? Weber like, State. Weber State? Yeah. What the fuck? Is that Nebraska? Where is that? I have no clue. I actually went to watch, um, I, I went and watched him play. He came to Sacramento State. You know, he was um, one of the guys on the board for Sacramento, so I ended up, you know, going to watch him play in person at Sac State and definitely put up a quiet, hey. a quiet 40, which is unheard of. A, qu- a quiet 40, <laughs> yeah. I heard guys used to say that in NBA about Tim Duncan. They'd be like, uh, they'd play him and be like, man, shut him down. And then they look and go, 25 and 12? Well, exactly. When did that happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who's, the, who's the biggest shit talker? He's he's more of a, like an agitator. I wouldn't say he's really a shit talker. He, he's more an agitator. But uh, I would probably say, you know, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy be talking shit. He does. I'm a big trash talker. I know Jay Wall's a big trash talker. I didn't know about Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's a trash talker for sure. I would love for them to be able to mic you guys, but you probably lose endorsements. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's some just... of the shit that gets said on the court is just that. Draymond Green. How could I forget Draymond? Draymond for sure. He's the biggest shit talker? Definitely (laughs) top five. Is there a line 
not the cross when you're shit talking? I mean, on the court, you just got to be careful with who you're dealing with because the, yeah. the line is different for everyone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if you're talking, probably, to you, better, probably, you better be able to back it up. Yeah, probably would have been safe with Dirk Nowitzki. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Here's, here's the problem with all these uh, European players. Half of them are speaking broken English. You might be talking all kinds of shit, and they're going, what, what did he say? <laughs> here's, here's what's crazy, DeMarcus. You've been in the league since 2010, uh-huh. and coming in 19, I think people just assume you're at the tail end of your career. Like, we see you, and we're like, oh, he, well, he got to be mid-30s. <laughs> I, bro, I know it's crazy. It's like, and I get it. I, I've been in the league over a decade. It's a new era of basketball where guys are coming in. 17, 18, 19 years old. So it's you're gonna see them a lot longer than you used to. But um, I mean, I get yeah, I, I get comments him. all the time like, man, the dude's old and washed. I'm like, man, I'm 29 years old. Like 29. <laughs> but I mean, it just it comes with it. It's the nature of the beast. And I mean, all you can really do is just kind of laugh at it. How are you handling all this pandemic? Like, I know it hit everybody as a as a, I mean. We're living at a time now that nobody saw coming. Yeah. I mean... It's, it's a weird time, but... I mean, with that being said, I think I think everybody can agree with me on this, but this is the most time we've had with our family and with ourselves, like, in a long time. Yeah. I mean, I told myself at the beginning of it, like, whenever this time ends or this time in between, I just want to better myself throughout this time. If it's spiritually, if it's physically, if it's mentally, um, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I just want to better myself mm-hmm. in all aspects of my life. And I think this is the perfect yeah. time to do that. Especially where you're at. You're in Mobile, Alabama. If you want to get to know yourself, <laughs> just go, go to Alabama and lay low for three months. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then on top of that, there's really not much to do, so you really don't have a choice. Right. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yo, I'm killing it in the lakes out here. I'm fishing. <laughs> oh, man. Mobile's a nice place, though, man. I've been there a few times. I got a couple friends from Mobile, and I'm like, I didn't know it was like, it was, I, you just, you hear Alabama, yeah, you, think you don't farms, think oceanfront. Yeah, you think farms and fields, but yeah, we're actually on the water. Is Mobile where Mardi Gras originally started? I'm glad you said that, yes. Um, yeah, see, I do my research. A lot of people think, <laughs> a lot of people think Mardi Gras started in New Orleans. It's not true. Started in Mobile, Alabama. You know, obviously, New Orleans took it in, you know, put it on a pedestal, but it originated in Mobile, so. If nobody's ever been to Mobile, mm-hmm. it really, like, they're, the little Main Street where the bars are, uh-huh. it's just like a mini bourbon. Bars yeah, and restaurants. It's about a corner block of bourbon. I, yeah, yeah, something it's like that. It's mini. Yeah, it's mini. Super mini. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the Kevin Hart of <laughs> <Yeah>. Street. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you'll, definitely you'll, you'll have a great time, so. That's all that really matters. If I'm in Mobile and I'll stop by, mm-hmm. one one of my buddies, he used to play at Alabama, Wallace Gilberry. He was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a man. He had me trying. He was trying to feed me squirrels. Like they caught squirrels and fried them and shit. I go, I ain't eating that shit. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I ain't eating no squirrels. I, I have no parts or dealings in any type of activity like that. So uh, nah. you want some good I seafood? Like, I can li- I can show you the yeah. way. The squirrels and the and the. And the rodents, that you're gonna have to talk to somebody else. Oh, he's uh yeah, he's Alabama through and through. I think he's I I'm pretty sure he that's where he's he's at now. Like he's like he got out the league and just built his house uh-huh. in Mobile. 
And he's just, he's an Alabama guy. Did you play football in high school? Or? I played elementary. By the time I hit middle school, I was, you know, I kind of outgrew it. It was, my, my mom was nervous. I would, you know, injure myself. That's when I made that transition to basketball. Now, how, what grade were you and how old were you the first time you dunked? Um, I was in the seventh grade the first time I dunked. In a game? Yeah, seventh grade. Hold on. <laughs> seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. You come down, junior high gym, and you just throw it down. Did it, I know the gym, how many people was there, had to be going freaking nuts. It was, actually, it was a, it was an AAU game, 40 people in the gym. It was, God, it was an awful game. But uh, that was my first dunk. Now, had you dunked like, uh, obviously, you probably dunked in the park or in somebody's driveway and stuff. Uh -huh. But in a game, is it like a fast break? And you're just like, ah, I'm just, you just kept rising? Uh, I, it wasn't a fast break. It was more of a, you know, a, a snowbird. You know, I kind of leaked out way before. You know, I had took my chance. So is it like once you dunk the first time, is that after that, it's just game on? You just start dunking all the time now? No, I wouldn't say for some reason. After my first dunk, I could not tell you when my second one was. <laughs> it might have been a year gap in between. I'm not really sure, but it's, I cannot remember my second dunk. I'd, listen, if I was like that, I would be like, don't don't even try to get me to shoot. I'm dunking <laughs> every time. My I said that when uh, when Shaq got in the league. I was like, why is everybody getting on him about not having a jumper? Motherfucker, you don't leave the lane. So listen, man, I don't wanna I don't wanna keep you. I know you're fighting bugs <laughs> and mosquitoes and everything else in Alabama. But I just want to reiterate, you know, you want to do another one of these and to come out, but to me, this couldn't drop at a better time because people are looking for new programming. Absolutely. And quality programming to watch on TV. Mm -hmm. And so Boogie's Comedy Slam, Amazon Video on Demand. $3.99. That is cheaper than a latte at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it'll last. Like I said, as a comedian, when I got on the show and I saw the lineup, I was like, oh, snap. I got to read my A-game with this one. Sure. Because everybody, it's all monsters. It's just monster after monster on this. I hope we see you back in the league soon once, once the league's back. For sure. And uh, I'm sure I, I probably won't see a mobile. I'm guessing, <laughs> probably but not. I'm sure I'll see you. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see you somewhere else in the future. Um, all the best to the wife, your seven foot, eight year old kid, <laughs> the, the newborn. Just knowing you over the last couple of years, man, you've always been very cordial, uh, nice. Uh, okay, we'll end with this. Do you remember the first time we met? Because I bet you you don't. Tell me. It was in Orlando. All-Star Weekend, and we was outside at the valet, and I would just stand there, and you walked up, and you go, oh, snap! And it was real quick, and then you got in a car to go somewhere. But you looked over like, oh, that's the, you, you a funny dude, man. Man, that might have been, <laughs> I might have been 20. Yeah, you was young. Yeah, that, you was, was, that young. was my second year in the league. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we was in Orlando at the All-Star Game, the All -Star, and this is what I yeah. remember. I ended up, like, shooting the breeze with, I think it was Kawhi Leonard's mom for like 20 minutes, and I thought it was one of the player's girlfriends because she was just, she didn't look old enough to have somebody in the NBA. Oh, and then somebody somebody was like, yo, that's that's Kawhi Leonard's mom. I go, who? And then somebody said, the guy with the cornrows. I go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his mom?
<laughs> like she didn't look old enough. I, I somebody someone might have given misinformation. I don't know, but I just know we was out the valet and you came up and said hi. Everybody's waiting on their cars. Yeah, and I was we ended up talking and somebody said, you know what that was right? I go, mm mm. They say quiet letters. Mom, I go really. I thought it was a sister or somebody's girlfriend. She looked young. Oh man, to have somebody in the league. But uh, yeah, man. So listen, all the best. And uh, again, I want everybody to go Amazon Video on Demand. Boogie's Comedy Slam. Yes, and you can see the difference between Raider fans and Niner fans and how I handled that shit <laughs> <Absolutely>. like a pro. <laughs> All right, man. Well, take care, and uh, I'll see you when I see you, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro.